welcome back to Grit. I'm Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by the entire collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself back in Nebraska, Mo Nuwara. Mo, Brett, and myself were a perfect 4-0 against the spread during the divisional round. Zero sweats whatsoever. All stone-cold locks, especially those fighting Minnesota Vikings. DP tailed us on the first day. We had two consensus picks, both covered, including that 13.5-point massive spread by the Patriots, which was actually... No jokes aside, no sweat whatsoever, and then went 0-2 with two lone wolves on Sunday. DP, you were very salty on Twitter about that Saints loss, but you had to enjoy the moment. You had to enjoy watching Case, uh, Case Keenum hook up with Stefan Diggs for that massive touchdown. Definitely enjoyed the moment, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give you guys the Jaguars, but I should have won that Saints one. Of course you got to give us the Jaguars. <laughs> Seven and a half point dog wins well, I'm just outright. saying I could show up here and bitch about both of them, but I'm not going to. I'm How? On, on cut what? my losses on one and complain about the one that I should have won. What on, world could you complain <laughs> about the Jaguars loss? No, what are you talking about? Uh, I'm just saying there are people out there in the world who would argue that they still should have won that game somehow or, you know, they would have argued about the whole game. You know, not necessarily. That this they is why you haven't put in a winner since week seven. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not complaining, and you guys are still getting on top of me. But you're saying that there's a world where you might complain, and I'm, no, saying, I'm saying there's a world where people complain. Well, take all take, take all those people, put them in a SpaceX, send them to Mars, but halfway to Mars, just blow up the entire capsule. Yeah, they all there's reside in Philadelphia. People, there's a world where people elected Donald Trump too. So there is that world. I don't think I want to be living in any of these worlds. <laughs> no, we need nuclear winner. If Kim Jong-un, if you are listening, press the button already. I'm getting sick of waiting. At least Bitcoin bounced back these last couple of days, which is good for now all of our wallets. Welcome to the game, Bert Minotti. Uh, so let's talk about that Diggs play real quick before we get into the conference championship, which we will... Of course, preview and pick against the spread. Thank you all for sending in your raffle tickets over the weekend. I explained it as poorly as possible, but you guys still got the hang of it and sent in all of your picks. We'll be doing the same for Sunday. Send in both games if you get both right. We will give you three tickets. If you get one right, we'll give you one. There will then only be one more game, the Super Bowl, unless we want to get weird and do the Pro Bowl for uh, shits and giggles. So only a few more opportunities to get your tickets in. You can do that by emailing us gridirongamblepodcast at gmail.com or at gridirongamble. I will post the spreads in the description of the podcast and on Twitter as well. So be on the lookout for those. But that digs touchdown. I can't, I mean, in, in, in my lifetime, I, I think the only play, football play, that measures up to that in terms of the game is over is uh and Andy brett, brett cover your ears here uh the music city miracle oh I, fuck you I, i'll never forget that moment it was saturday afternoon uh i had a rec basketball game too so my, my dad and i were running late my dad's the coach and he's we're not even gonna get there by game time we're, just, we're standing in our living room uh I, I had my rec specs on that's right 
some Zorro looking goggles. We're just sitting there, we're waiting, and then that play happens, and we just we're just stunned in disbelief uh, on on a cold January day off to play rec basketball. So that is like a visceral moment that I will never forget. Uh, and I think the stakes have to be attached to it because I was I was also in the stadium for the Music City Miracle, uh, the Monday Night Miracle. Excuse me, getting my M's missed uh, messed up when Jumbo Elliott caught the touchdown against the Dolphins to cap off that massive comeback against Miami on Monday night uh, in the stadium. But there weren't the stakes were not attached to that one, so it wasn't as impactful. Uh, how about you guys? Uh, Brett, we'll start with you. Does this, does this, is there anything from your past in the NFL that stacks up to this moment? Am I being too much of a prisoner of the moment here? I think so. I think a little bit. I think, well, for me, especially the, the Cincinnati game, uh, just a few weeks ago stacks up because of the the importance it had for the Bills. Uh, obviously, the music, music City Miracle is one that stands out to me in in a negative way, and some of the some of the Bills Super Bowl moments, uh, that Scott Norwood um, moment. I mean, that's it's completely different kind of play, but um, just you know, in the moment, uh, there are a lot of them with the Bills that, that stand out to me. But yeah, this was this was a this is a pretty crazy one. Uh, just in terms was, of Im- improbability, like that should never ever ever. Ever, 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 ever happen. That scenario. Maybe he catches it, gets out of bounds, and they try a long field goal, but that have, should never happen. Have we figured out what he was doing? Was he just trying to avoid the penalty? Isn't there? That was that was my friend's theory. It's the only one that makes sense to me. He was like, my, my friend was like, I think he just didn't want to get a penalty. Isn't that rule one of football? Anybody who's ever worn pads, I, I wore them for... One season of Pop Warner was about the worst tackler ever. I played receiver, so I'm probably a bad source on this. But isn't rule number one, don't hit what you can't see, even from just a safety standpoint? Like, he's staring at the turf as he launches forward and just blindly uh, reaches out and torpedoes into nothingness and ends up hitting his own man, which, I, I mean, Diggs is super fast, so I don't even know if he could have tracked him down but Diggs still had to turn and get up field so that cornerback was drawing live to tackle him I mean what is happening on that play DP D- oh how, how about a little bit of it's coaching man coaching no but coaching they called timeout right before that play I bet you in the huddle they said whatever you do don't commit PI and then that kid was worried about committing PI and he went fucking rolling in there like a like a wheelbarrow or something. I don't know what the fuck that was. I think that's a fine coaching note. Don't commit P.I. That doesn't give him the reign to, like, jump out of bounds and not hit anybody. They should say, just stand there and hug him. <laughs> yeah, hold him upright and run the clock out. When he, as soon as he touches the ground, literally just hug him and let your other teammate come and push you guys to the ground. That's the end of it. DP, any play that really sticks out to you from your memory like this one in the past yeah 2013 Raheem Moore for the Broncos yep that I was... mean like it that so the, the the play was or sorry the way that the game was was a little bit different because they were down by seven they scored that touchdown with like 25 seconds left in order to put it into overtime and they won in overtime but the play itself it was a bomb the 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 Ravens were on their own 28 yard line or something like that. And Raheem Moore, who the hell knows what he was doing on defense, but same sort of thing where you look at that guy and you say, what the hell were you doing? Were you at Anthony's bar and grill? When we saw that we were at PCA during that game. And I don't know yeah. if you Anthony's bar and grill 
Shout out to Anthony's. The, 2013, baby. The only place where you can get a decent meal for a decent price on the entire island of Paradise Island. And we're sitting there, and this insane play happens. Broncos, Ravens. Raheem Moore, way worse than Marcus Williams, in my opinion. I mean, he just... I can't. I can't explain what Raheem Moore even did. I don't know how a professional safety can just run forward like that and let somebody get behind you. I think that's way worse than what Marcus Williams did. Yeah, I mean, what makes it worse is that in Marcus Williams's case, you know, he has to worry about the sideline a little bit. He still the field goal is still in play if he's able to catch that ball and get out of bounds, or if there is pi that's called or that sort of stuff. Whereas. Raheem Moore, literally just don't let him score a fucking 70-yard touchdown, dude. Yeah, plow him. What are you doing? Like, like commit DPI. Commit yeah, do anything. Commit anything the- but what you did it will work. Tackle him. Commit the most egregious penalty ever, and it's okay. Mo, big plays in your past. Is there anything that you can... It's like sense memory. Anytime you see the play again, you, you get transformed back to a, a place in time for you. Donnie's, um, <clears throat> yeah, Donnie's Ravens call is the closest I can think of in NFL. All, all I could think of afterwards was how unprofessional it was. I mean, that shit happens on like I don't want to say a weekly basis, but it does happen several times a year. Uh, in unprofesh, I seem to remember the worst one was the one where it bounced in one of the bowl games. I want to say it was like Kentucky, Kentucky Iowa or something. Kentucky, there's a Kentucky LSU hail mary. Uh, Maybe that's what it was. It, the it, Kentucky LSU where it bounced. Yeah, it wasn't a bowl game, but it was. But uh, this is also different than a hail mary. Correct. This because like a hail mary, you're like, oh, it was deflected. Some dude caught it. It fell into his lap. Whatever. Like it's just some luck. Yeah, move. but this wasn't even that because he still had to go thirty more yards. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, the weirdest deflection. Guy catches it and just streaks thirty yards to. Uh, I'm also to surprised that he didn't um, like just go out of bounds on instinct. Well, that was, that's, you know, like he, he caught the ball and he's right there. Like, what if he just steps out of bounds because he doesn't know, like there might be a safety coming over from the other side or something and he can't risk that he has to just go out of bounds with those one second left or whatever. That's low key. The most impressive part of the play is that he caught the ball, stayed in bounds and then turned up field like player instincts. You're thinking, which could totally just be stupidity, but we'll give them the benefit of the right, doubt. Right, because they're probably coached before that play, like, hey, catch the ball, get out of bounds, kick a field goal, let's get this bad boy to overtime. Like, <laughs> don't turn it upfield with no timeouts to try to win the game. So I, I pulled up the bluegrass miracle real quick. And again, sneaky great part about this play is that uh, it was LSU beating Kentucky. Uh, and Kentucky, they had already... Uh, doused the Kentucky coach with Gatorade. So my man is standing there on the sideline, sticking with uh, sugary water all over his body, and then Marcus Randall throws the ball downfield. It gets tipped to Michael Clayton. Uh, 70-yard touchdown, game over. <laughs> yeah, and there are Kentucky fans storming the field <laughs> as they score the touchdown. That game was fantastic. Oh, my God. So good. So, so good. But I was, there's there's something about this Vikings team. The, all the narratives are there. You got Mike Zimmer. He was a coordinator in like 16 different places before he finally got a head coaching gig. Case Keenum threw for more yards than anybody else in college, but because he was in that Houston system, Houston, Texas Tech, one of those uh, uh, Big 12 systems 
Nobody gives them any credit because they just play that crazy K-gun, throw the ball over your play style. So never really got a fair shake. And when he finally did, it was for a shitty offense led by Jeff Fisher. And then Diggs. Diggs, five-star athlete, best receiver in high school, goes to Maryland, battles the injuries, falls to the third round, kind of flounders around his first couple seasons in Minnesota, and then breaks out into this star receiver. So I, I just... Uh, I just really want the the Vikings to get there, so I was super pumped. But we will get to the NFC title game in a second. We'll start with the first game on Sunday. It is the AFC Championship game. The Jacksonville Jaguars are currently 8.5-point underdogs headed to Foxborough to play Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the stinking Pats. Right now, according to the spread.com, 60% of the bets are on the Patriots. But Bob Scucci of the Orleans and all of the Boyd Gaming properties said on The Buffet, which is a podcast on the Action Network, that the ticket count for the Boyd Gaming properties is pretty even. He said a, a handful of tickets, so less than double-digit tickets, were splitting the Jags and the Patriots. The line moved up to 95 and has since settled down at 8.5. Uh, we got this off of Pinnacle last evening, so that's what we are using. 8.5, and, and we are all on the Jags. So I will turn to DP first. Your team is in this game. Your home Patriots. You tweeted yesterday that you think this line is definitely too high. Some Twitter birds came out. Some first guy like Snap wanted to book your action. Uh, why do you like the Jags in this spot, even though you are the biggest Patriots homer west of the Yeah, Minnesota. I am the biggest Patriots homer, but what what is wrong with the Patriots fans out there? All I've listened to all week on Patriots radio, all I've read, all I've saw on Twitter, like Rich, you said, I, I tweeted that out. All people are saying is that they're going to kill them. I, I don't understand. The, the Jags' defense is scary. It's worrisome. You know, that... You know, they're really good, and that's how you beat the Patriots. You get after Tom Brady with a good pass rush, and then you have... Uh, good cornerbacks that are able to to defend and they have that i mean who cares everyone you know the first thing everyone always says is oh it's blake Bortles versus tom brady well i i know that i like to talk a lot about qb wins you know to shut you guys up but who cares like just give the ball to leonard fournette and just you know don't let the patriots score 25 points and you guys should be all right and be in this game i just i think that it's all about the jaguars defense here i think that eight and eight and a half points is far too much um, and I'm a bit worried about it. I, I personally think I'm going to bet the money uh, money bet line on the Jaguars uh, just because. And if I'm paying for a victory for the Patriots, so be it. Awesome. Happy to do that as a fan. But, I mean, this defense, man. And then they got Tom Coughlin. He's, like, got the fucking the bad juju against the Patriots. The best juju. Jags plus 330 on the money bet line right now on Pinnacle. Who is this guy and what happened to Donning? shoveling dirt on QB wins. What is happening right now? I'm a little scared. Come on. You, you know I played up a little bit for the podcast. Let's get serious, Rich. <laughs> Mo, how right is Donnie? As sick as, sick as it sounds, how right is Mr. Peters? You know, this one's really interesting uh, because you just when you look at the matchups, I, I'm first inclined to love the Jags. And then... Um, <clears throat> You start thinking about it a little more, and the way the Patriots attack uh, the defense does kind of 
you, you know, the, the way they go about things isn't like normal passing offenses, I guess. Like, the Jags just eat normal passing offenses alive. But the Pats, you know, they love to throw the running back. They love to throw the tight end. Uh, they're a little bit like the Chiefs have been the last couple of years, where uh, the receivers are almost a little bit of an afterthought. And that probably helps them here because the Jags are just so elite at corner. Like, that's where you don't want to go after these guys. Um, and then I read a great article last night from the Sharp Football Twitter. Yeah, Warren, Warren Sharp. This is yeah, so good, was, this article. Yeah, it was really good. Everyone should read that one. Go check it out. Um, talks about how uh, coming after the Jags in three-plus receiver sets has been pretty much doomed this year. And I think that does play into the Patriots' hands a little bit because that's, you know, they, they like to get five wide, but they also just, they also love, like I said, to dump the ball off to the running backs and tight ends. So it's really interesting. But ultimately, I do think the Jags' defense, especially with the way they pressure up front and how statue Brady is, is going to be enough to keep them in this game. And uh, I got to, Got to take the plus eight and a half. There's also a nice little one point reverse line move here with the public 60 plus percent on the Pats and the line moving down so far. So, gotta love the Jags here. And uh, yeah, I really hope we see a really close game. And of course, hopefully, a Jags win. But uh, don't want to watch the Patriots cakewalk like we all we're pretty much expecting when we saw the playoff bracket. Yeah, Warren Sharp is at Sharp Football on Twitter, and you can find his uh, website, sharpfootballanalysis.com. I'm just looking at the infographic that he tweeted with the article, and it breaks it down nicely. Against three wide receiver sets, the Jags are number one in success rate, number one in yards per attempt, and number two in passer rating against one and two receiver sets, which is kind of the Pats' bread and butter, two receivers, two tight ends. Uh, they are 23rd in success rate, 28th in yards per attempt, and 18th in passer rating. That is very interesting. Uh, Brett, you're also on the Jags. What else do you have to add in this contest? I I want to love Jacksonville and the points in this spot. On paper, it looks like a slam dunk. I mean, the Jags match up very well with the Pats, especially on that defensive side of the ball where Jacksonville's only real leak is on deep balls, but you don't really have to worry about that against the Patriots because Tom Brady struggles to make those throws. Analytics love the Jaguars in this spot, but the problem is analytics don't really apply to the Patriots. They've covered 28 of their last 36 games, even though the numbers look inflated week after week. And this game on Sunday is Blake Bortles and a very young and experienced playoff team on the road in the biggest game of their lives against the greatest schemer in the history of football. I mean, how many points is Bill Belichick worth in this game? Nine? No, 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 not nine. How many, how many points, (laughs) how many points is the Jaguar swag worth in this game? That is very underrated. The Jacksonville Jaguars, particularly the defense expect to win this game. Yeah, they're already talking about going to the Super Bowl. Well, that's insane. They, There's like four of them that are like, we're going to the Super Bowl and we're going to win. 
the Jags. Pretty sure Jalen Ramsey said, "We're going to the Super Bowl and we're going to win that bitch." The, the Jags, especially on defense, when they get on the field, they believe that they're going to get a turnover every possession. That's the type of tenacity that they play with, and they they don't give a damn. That's what 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 is the one narrative that's really carried through? I'd say over these past two seasons on this podcast is that. To Brett's point, all these Patriots lines are always overinflated, but somehow, some way, the other team comes in and blows their own dick off. They get scared. They do dumb things. And I, I just, at least on the defensive side of the ball, I don't know if that's going to apply because I don't think Jacksonville's scared. I, I don't think that they're going to play to not lose. I think that they're going to, at least on defense, go in there and try to rip Brady's throat out and win that game. So I, I think that's definitely on their side. All of that can be trumped by some fucking New Year's Eve in Las Vegas bottle service <laughs> that Blake can serve up on Sunday. He could. Yeah, play. and again, look, say what you want about this Pats defense, but they have not allowed more than 16 points in 11 of their last 13 games. Yeah, but who are the, so my real who are the my players? real concern is with this could easily be a game where Bortles just shits himself and buries buries his team in a hole they they can't get out of. But what is that? What is that Pat schedule though? We're talking Titans, Jets, Dolphins, Bills, Broncos, Bills again. So, I still think this Patriots defense is very suspect. Here's the thing: if you're Belichick, if you're if you're Matt Patricia, who sticks a pencil in his ear but never uses it because he has a goddamn laminated play sheet, why don't you play five defensive linemen the entire game? Five two. Five linemen, two linebackers, Blake Bortles. You're going to see single high safety or even zero safety beat us. Why wouldn't you do that every single play? Make him throw the ball. I mean, yeah, you're definitely going to make him throw the ball. We might see we might see Rex Ryan era amounts of zero coverage from the Patriots on Sunday. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if there's any team that's going to not just play their own style and game plan towards the uh, opponent it's the patriots yeah totally you know and rich if you're going to bring up schedules i do want to point out that according to football outsiders jacksonville did play the second easiest collection of opposing offenses this season oh i don't doubt that but that goes into their dvoa rating oh yeah i know i'm just saying like you know if we're gonna throw things out let's throw it out there yeah, I was I was actually surprised at how low their DVOA was compared to some of the better defenses we've seen the past couple of years, and I think schedule certainly had a lot to do with that. Man, this game, I, I, I'm I kind of just want a good. I mean, I, I kind of want to blow out, but I also want a good game because I feel like the AFC playoffs have been a fucking joke. I don't think there's a blowout in this game unless the Patriots get a defensive touchdown or two. I I I don't see a world where the Patriots offense walks up and down the field against this defense. How many times? Yeah, but man, have we said this. Gronk and those running backs. How many times have we said this? Uh, Brady struggled against elite defenses before. This isn't like a new thing. Uh, shades of Jets divisional playoffs. What is it? 2009, 2008? Like we went in and kicked their ass. Yeah, why can't they do what the Broncos did? And yeah. just hold the Pats to 17 points or whatever. The the one thing that the Jags can pull out for the as the ultimate trump card is moving Jalen Ramsey with Gronk. That is one thing I think that they could pull out 
that would be a scheme thing. I don't think they will. They have this kind of Seahawks mentality of we're going to come out in our base defense and that's it. We're just going to out-execute you. And that style works when you have the type of skill that they have at every single level of the defense. But if they need to, I think that they can pull that card. I think that... No, I think they keep a linebacker underneath the safety over top. Their, their safety coverage is kind of iffy, though. Very true. Yeah, but if it's if it's two people bracketing Gronk, that seems to have worked the best all season. You know, you treat them like an Antonio Brown or Julio Jones, that type of receiver where you have one guy sort of shadowing underneath and then safety over top giving help. But you don't really need elite, as most stated earlier, you don't really need elite cornerback play to beat the Patriots. Right? Because it's not like they're running real football routes that you need to stay with them down the field. You just need to be able to contain them inside and tackle. Like, Gronk's the only guy on the team that's going to get loose for a big play. Maybe Cooks, but more often than not, Brady's just going to miss Cooks when he gets wide open. So, Brady, so Gronk over the middle of the field is the biggest threat. And they could potentially put Ramsey over. But I, again, I think I'm, it's all going to be Gronk and James White and Deion Lewis. This game. Well, that's a Jags. Jags linebackers are really good. This whole team is really good. So yeah, but if you attack them, you attack them over the middle with short routes. That's how you beat Jacksonville. Well, that's how you beat any team because those are the most impossible to cover. Because you just run these cheap rub route pick plays and try to get yak. They're impossible to cover. So we are all on the Jags. I feel like the general sentiment is that the game is going to be closer than people think, but at the same time, it sounds like we're all worried about the eight and a half a little bit. I'm extremely worried. I was very torn on this. I like the under more than anything in this game. So let's move on to the night game where we have a lone wolf. If I could hit the right button. The Minnesota Vikings following that miracle Traveled to Philadelphia. They're three-point favorites in the NFC Championship game. And Mo is a lone wolf on Mike Zimmer and the Vikings. My heart says Vikings. My brain says Eagles. I'll explain why in a bit. But Mo, since you are the lone wolf, you will get the floor first. You've got a road favorite. 50-50 split right now, so not a public road favorite. But a road favorite in the NFC Championship game. Explain yourself. Well, that's the thing. This game is 50-50. It's, this one was really tough. I, I thought this line was pretty fair. Um, ultimately, what pushed me to the Vikings is I just... I do I believe this is the best team in football. And, Rich, uh, you like to talk about the ranges of outcomes you see in some of these games a lot. And... When I look at this game and I think about how the teams match up, I think the Vikings have enough weapons that they can put some drives together. Um, but then when I look on the other side of the ball, I think I think there's enough times where Nick Foles turns back into a pumpkin that, that the Vikings could roll here. Like, it could happen. Because... We all saw how bad he looked at the end of the season in some of those games, particularly against the Raiders when the Eagles just couldn't move the ball. I, that was at home, right? At home against a horrendous defense. And uh, 
if he turns back into a pumpkin here, I mean, the Eagles are in huge trouble. Uh, they're not going to score more than, you know, 13 points or whatever. And I just think as good, surprisingly good, really, to me, in a lot of senses, as as surprisingly good as the Eagles' defense has been this year, although I always loved their front seven. I had a lot of questions about their secondary. Um, I, th- I just think the Vikes have enough weapons to where you can't really expect to completely shut them down the whole game. Um, and they really, you know, had some bend but don't break a little bit against the Falcons. And... I don't know, man. The Vikes just they they can they can finish off drives in the red zone with weapons like Adam Thielen and Diggs and Rudolph. This team can close out drives. And uh I just I just uh like I said, range of outcomes. There's there's too many times where I see Nick Foles turning back into a pumpkin here. Last week, Brett's best bet was the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. I believe it was something like twenty to one, Brett was saying there's so much hype in the Minnesota-New Orleans game. Everybody thinks the winner of that game will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So, obviously, Brett likes the home dog here. You've been, in our Skype chat at least, the most vocal pro-Eagles in the playoffs. Tell us why Philadelphia's going to carry through and get to Minnesota here. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm a little surprised by the number of public betters on the Eagles here. I don't like that. I thought it would be more of like a 60-40 split siding with the Vikings. Uh, this was a Eagles team that people had written off going into last week, and even though they did get the win against Atlanta, they didn't, didn't exactly blow the, roof, uh, blow the roof off the building in that win. Uh, so I'm surprised that the public is almost exactly split on this game. That's confusing to me. Uh, the Vikings are the better team. I've been saying that for a long time. You know, Minnesota is the best team in the NFC, but – I think it's closer than most people think. This Eagles defense is elite. Uh, They've really come together here at the end of the year, especially that secondary. They're healthy. Uh, This is a sneaky, talented team. And I still think that market adjustment from Carson Wentz to Nick Foles is built into this. It was an extreme overreaction. I still think it is an overreaction. And Foles looked pretty good last week after a really shaky start he's protected by one of the best offensive lines in the league and i still i think the eagles are in, are in another great spot as home underdogs here i have to take the points and i i think they will win this game as well so uh i would take the money line as well the eagles are the rare case in the current nfl landscape where the running game assists the pass game a lot you look at last week and when those offensive hogs up front really got it going, and Jai's out there ripping off seven, eight yards every time he touches the ball, naturally the Falcons just have to allocate more resources up front to stop the run. And then all of a sudden you give Foles these one-on-one looks where it's Alshon Jeffrey on like a 6-1 corner, a 5-11 corner, and he runs a slant route, and what are you going to do? Like Alshon's going to box that guy out and pick up another seven yards. So... The the biggest matchup to me in this game is the Eagles offensive line versus the Vikings defensive line. Vikes D, fifth in rush defense DVOA, 
And uh, while the Eagles are 17th in rush offense, DVOA, I mean, this offensive line manhandles people. Even in the absence of Jason Peters, like they just move mountains up front. And I think the game is going to be won or lost, as crazy as it sounds, in the 2017 NFL on whether or not the Eagles can move the ball on the ground. Because if they can, then that gives Foles much easier reads and much easier throws to execute against a very tough Vikings defense. But if the Vikes start stonewalling them, I think they're going to have real troubles moving the ball downfield. DP, you too, you're very confident. I'm I'm less confident. I This game is so close to me. I, I think I'm taking the points uh, as an emotional hedge. I think I'd, I'd like the Eagles money bet line just because I really want to see the Vikes in the Super Bowl. But this game, this is the definition of... Of splitting hairs, I don't. I don't think there is a, a a bone in my body that has has any confidence in the outcome of this contest. But you are fairly confident on the Eagles. You said Eagles easy yesterday in the chat. Explain why. I did. I mean, listen. I spent a good hour or two last night trying to lower my expectations and and make a case for the Vikings, and I, I just couldn't do it. I mean, it it smells to me. You know, after that victory last week. I feel like the Vikings got a little bit too high and now they have to go on the road, like Brett said, against a team that, I mean, is anyone even talking about the Eagles? Do people even realize the Eagles are still in the playoffs? I, just, I don't I don't get it. I feel like people don't care. I mean, they just held Matt Ryan and that talented offense who had been playing better. Yes, they're the Falcons, but they held them to 10 points. Uh, I, I really like this, this Eagles defense. And I think that, you know, Nick Foles, he's not the greatest, but, you know, Case Keenum looks very Case Keenum-like at many times. I mean, yeah, he's had a great year, but he did throw some questionable passes last week in the second half that, you know, allowed the Saints to get back in that game. And now going on the road in Philadelphia, I just, I can't, I can't do it, man. I can't get behind this Vikings team after as high as they were last week. I really like this Eagles defense. I think that they're really going to be able to, you know, just put a total damper on the Vikings offense and the Vikings going up to Philadelphia is not going to be good. I, I got the Eagles winning. I mean, when I say easy, I don't think the Eagles are going to put up 30 points, but I think that they'll be able to get to 17 to 24 and the Vikings won't be able to score more than 10. That's what I got here. Need Minnesota. Absolutely need Minnesota in the Super Bowl. I mean, you need Minnesota in the Super Bowl for a better game, but yeah, I don't think that that's going to happen. So, Brett, Why, though? Is, is, is Minnesota that much better than Philly? Yes. yes. Not a better game for you, Donnie. Yes, they're, they're, they're better than Philly. Well, I think you also just get the fact that they're Minnesota playing in Minnesota. So, you know, you get that whole Not, yeah. narrative. I get that. I, I don't think I'm a, I kind of agree with Mo. I don't think that it, it, this line is that crazy. I, I, I would have preferred to see two. One and a half, two, but I certainly think that the Vikings on neutral are three or four points better than the Saints. I can't wait to get Vikes plus three in the Super Bowl. Let's, you're not going to get that. All the Bitcoin. Well, you're not going to get that when they don't make it. Let's talk about that real quick. So to recap, Brett is on, or we're all on the Jags on the early game. Jags plus eight and a half. And then for the late game, Mo has the Vikings minus three. Brett, Donnie, and I have the Eagles plus three at home. Should be a no god in Philadelphia. Should be a really great Sunday of football, despite the vile nature of those Philadelphia fans. Super Bowl. What matchup do you want to see 
Brett. Take out all uh, handicapping, all what you think is going to happen. What do you think will be the most enjoyable matchup? Vikes Patriots. I am in. I, I those I, are the two best teams in the league. Yes, I agree with that. DP, where you at? I mean, I would like to see Vikings Patriots. Also, you know, I, I want to see the Patriots beat the best team should they get there. You know, obviously, if they take the easier road and they go on to win another Super Bowl title, great. I will also be in Minneapolis during the Super Bowl for Super Bowl weekend. So I would love nothing more than to run around with my Lucha Libre Patriots mask and my 1970s starter jacket against all those fucking purple people eaters and just give them the finger. Wait, uh, Donnie's going to Minnesota for the Super Bowl? When did this happen? Ski trip. There is a work event uh, that Friday, and we are staying yeah. up there through the Super Bowl. Ski trip. Get out of here. I'm going to kiss as much fucking ass as possible. My head is going to be up people's asses to their fucking throats trying to get tickets. A little ski trip. Mo, you got the same Pat's Vikes? Yeah, because uh, all the Bitcoins. Yo, the Vikes would throttle the Patriots. <laughs> That many many we talk about in- how the Vikings are. How many fake dinners, Brett? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll fucking bet a Benny Hanna on the Vikings, let alone just one steak dinner. What are you saying yeah. there, DP? I'm sure there will be bets. Yeah. I was saying that the Vikings are listed as the NFC is going to be the away team. But the Vikings get to use the home facility, the home locker room, and all that sort of stuff. That's fucked up, man. Well, come on. Obviously. What do, you, what, what do you mean, obviously? It's never been like that before. Well, this is... You this, use the away facilities. Sorry, guys. This is a special circumstance. I'm with Donnie. I don't, I don't agree with that. Lame. That's, I think that's, that's a, a big part of it, just being able to be comfortable in your own city. I don't think that the whole home field advantage... I mean, I get it. Playing in your home field is great, but like... Minnesota Vikings fans aren't buying tickets to the Super Bowl now. The Super Bowl is all fucking corporate tickets yeah. and people from all over. So oh, totally. that thing is fine. But well, I think that that part gets played out a bit. Yeah, of course. It's it's and it's not even the practice facility. It's more so sleeping in your own bed, eating in the same places, going to the same grocery store. You know, your routine doesn't change. Whereas, I mean, Super Bowl week part of, part of the big trouble is how much shit you got to do. All the traveling you have to do, the tickets you have to worry about getting your family, and that added comfort of just doing it from your home instead of being on the road and or having to travel across the country is massive. Also benefits a team like the Patriots who have yeah, been there does. 19 times. Yeah, exactly. They probably have a, a great system down pat that this isn't as overwhelming for them as it is other teams. Even Brady's talked about, even though he... Uh, hate his guts little things like the pace of the super bowl you can't get too hyped because especially at halftime because halftime takes forever you need to know how to pace your body throughout the game so that you don't get too high too early and kind of crash when the game uh, gets tight in the third and fourth quarter kind of like what the falcons did so yeah it's it's definitely a big advantage to the patriots getting into the super bowl but i, I can't <laughs> in a dome I can't see the Patriots having a chance against the Vikings. <laughs> I I don't I don't you know. Guys, you guys are so funny. I don't know why they would have. You're the, you're the best, Rich. You're such the best. Why would they? Why would they have a chance against the Vikings? Doesn't the dome help the Pats? I don't think so. I think it helps the speed on defense as much as it helps the speed on offense. 
and it helps the speed on the Vikings offense as well. The Vikings, Case Keenum was the number one quarterback, according to DVOA, and the Vikings passing offense was third. How would the Patriots ever stop this? I mean, listen, you talk about Patriots opponents blowing their dicks off. If they go to the Super Bowl against Case Keenum, you are going to see the most epic of dicks getting blown off no, man. all over the field by Case Keenum. I'm Case sorry. Case Keenum doesn't give a shit, yeah, Case man. He just goes out there I'm and sorry. He's it's going to happen. He's the DGAF emperor, Case Keenum. <laughs> he is Brett Favre reincarnate. Yeah, did you see that guy with the Rams? He just flings the ball downfield. He doesn't care. Yeah, not a single fuck in Case Keenum's entire body. Is there anything else to talk about? This is a short show. D- Donnie, do you have do you wanted to do DFS takes on a two game slate? Do you have any give us some takes for that? No, I, I didn't I didn't want to. I was just wondering if I should prepare. You did. I asked you guys if we were doing them so I could either spend another half an hour looking at DFS or not. Don't lie, you were you were sweating DFS last night. No, I wasn't I was not sweating DFS. I won't even be playing DFS except for those couple I mean they're kinda like DFS, those playoff leagues that I'm in. Any sweats there? Anything fun? Uh, no. You have a better sweat than the one that I'm in. I'm leading one, but it's a small oh, one. Oh, I didn't even... I stopped looking at that. I, I, so, Donnie and I are in a playoff fantasy league where you can choose any player any week, but you can only play that player once in the playoffs. So, there's a bit of strategy in, in when you pick a player. Yeah, I already got fucked. You, you might pick... You might say, oh, this team's going to make it to the next round, but then they get eliminated, so you never get to use their players. And I did not have Ben or Tom Brady rostered last week, so I'm pretty much drawing dead. You you absolutely needed one of them last week in order to win this thing, I think. Ben especially. I don't even know. Where the hell am I on this thing? Yeah, I'm a million points down. No, you're you're like 40th, and I'm like 50th place, top 10 pay. Yeah, but, but 40th is what's what's this guy in 10th? I'm st- well, I guess I am only 20 points out. <laughs> let's that's go. what I mean. It's it's because last week was so weird that you know. So let's talk this out on air. I need some some strategy assistance. Then I don't know who you who who you've used. I'm not that far behind you either. Well. I was going to get to who I've used quarterback, especially is weird for me this week because uh, the only I can play anybody in the NFC. I can play either Foles or case and I can play Brady. I've already played. I played Bortles last week. YOLO. Uh, But I'm obviously not going to play Brady against the Jags defense, right? That seems, is that insane? No, is that that suicidal? Did you watch what happened last week? Yeah, but so here's another thing, and I, I'm glad you brought this up because it's a, it's a point I wanted to make during our uh, Jags-Patriots talk, is that when the Steelers put up those points last week, Ben made throws that Brady cannot, and the receivers on the Steelers did things that there's no way in hell the Patriots receivers can do because they're not real receivers. So I don't think you can look at last week and apply it to the potential for the Patriots because they, they don't throw the ball downfield. Just like uh, Donnie said, they throw those little short intermediate routes. They don't have it in them to take a five step drop and just chuck it down the field. That's not within their fiber. Jags 20th in defense DVOA versus tight ends though. Yeah. I'm worried about the Gronk thing for sure. 
Way worried about Gronk. That is my only worry here. That, that's why I'm saying, fire Jalen Ramsey on him. Let's go. Shadow him the entire game. Bump with the doesn't linebacker. Gronk, doesn't Gronk have like seven inches on that dude? Yeah, but that's the way you 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 do it, though. I mean, that's what works against Gronk somewhat. Like, the Chiefs have always just stuck their best secondary guy, which is Eric Berry, on him. And if you just run around in his pocket, you can bother him. He'll miss the occasional catch that he usually makes. Brady will, you know, throw Tom Brady mediocre throws that don't necessarily get there. You just, you got to be in his pocket. And and these littler guys, it looks a little ridiculous sometimes. But yeah, if you just throw him in Gronk's pocket, it'll it'll slow him down. I think I still might fire Brady, though, just for contrarian reasons. Nobody's going to fire Brady this week, right? They either I am. They either played him last week against the Titans or they're saving him for the Super Bowl. I am. I'm fighting Brady. Play Nick Foles this week. Foles? Foles against the Vikes D, huh? That's, that's contrarian. That is contrarian AF. <laughs> that's think... another thing is when you watch that game uh, last week for the Eagles, man, Foles was missing some layups, man. You cannot miss those against the Vikes. He missed that Trey Burton corner route where it was just like, you just can't miss that. And and they got away with it. Uh, the Falcons are a talented team on paper, but a team that doesn't always perform, yeah, Trufant, at least this year. Trufant sucked and, in the playoffs, dude. Trufant got his lunch taken from him against the Rams consistently he, against Bobby He Woods. might just be like not that great. I mean... Their defense was so good without him last year. Right. They made the whole damn Super Bowl run without him last year, and everyone's like, oh, what if they had Trufant? Well, he he played like shit in the playoffs. Part of my thinking, Brett, was fire Brady, and then I just want whatever NFC quarterback goes up against the Pats in the Super Bowl. Because, again, Pats defense woke. <laughs> like, the wotest. Sure. The Merrill wotest. I... Well, how blind are the blinders? Like <laughs> the wool is pulled all Adrian over your. Stevens has been much better the past couple weeks, man. I don't know Again, what you're watching. Look who yeah, they're who's playing. Got the who, who has the blinders on? Look who they're playing against. Of course they're good against the Titans, Bills, Dolphins, Jets. Of course they are. Fine. Then I go back to my statement earlier that the Jaguars have played no one on defense. Fair. Very very fair. All right, I guess we got nothing else. Short pod. Definitely doing a Pro Bowl pod, right? Pro Bowl props. <laughs> I will see you guys <laughs> the following week. <laughs> we, we could do a prop show. We could do a couple shows leading up to uh, the Super Bowl. All right. That'd be fun. Yeah, we definitely got to do Super Bowl props, though. Uh, follow these guys on Twitter at Brett Colson, C O L S O N, at Mo Nuara. N-U-W-W-A-R-A-H at Donnie underscore Peter. Send your picks. Again, if you get both right, you'll get three tickets. If you get one right, you'll get one at Gridiron Gamble or email us at uh, at gridirongamblepodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the football on Sunday. We'll see you sometime in the future before the Super Bowl. 
Peace.